become a patron of Entertainment Landfill. Go to patreon.com slash landfill for details. Entertainment Landfill is made possible by contributions from listeners like you. Thank you. Welcome to the show. It is time for Entertainment Landfill Daily. I am your host, the Jaystrom. I do this show with Steve of the Pop Culture Salad. Hello. And Mulberry Bill, the Mulberry Historian. How's it going, Bill? <laughs> Hello. We are here to talk about things we love. Film, television, pop culture, video games, and stuff like that. I'm so nice to see you guys and be here. Uh, and to talk to you guys. It's a huge week. It's San Diego Comic-Con week. And we're not there, of course. We're, we're never there. We're never at Comic-Con. I, we're never I thought it was next week. I was expecting all kinds of cool news to show up on my feed, but I haven't really seen anything. <laughs> you haven't? Oh, my God. Well, hey, I've uh, I've acquired some news I could uh, tell you about. Yeah. That'd be nice. Wanna, I, I took some notes. And... Here's one. I'm not going to try to be a fuddy-duddy here. I might come off as cranky or grumpy or whatever. Or sleepy. You guys know me. That's me. Or I might come off a little dopey. But, uh, okay. The Ghostbuster picks. We've slowly been leaked day after day different Ghostbuster pictures. First first there was what? Uh, A proton pack, I guess, right? Yeah. Then there was the jumpsuits hanging on coat hangers, right? Okay. Yes. That? Then there was the new Ecto-1 mobile. Mm-hmm. Saw that one. And now there's a picture of the women standing there, just doing nothing. They're wearing their jumpsuits. And now, finally, there's a picture with them with proton packs. Now, let me. I just have one question. I'm not trying to be a dick. I may come off like this. But did you care... For any of these pictures, I mean, not that did you like them. What I mean is, did you even want to see them? <laughs> no, it really, I'm, I'm, I mean. When is this movie slated to come out, Bill? Next year? Next year. I mean, I guess they're trying to gather interest. It is the week of Comic-Con. We're supposed to be excited about things like this. And I'm not a sexist person. I don't care if there's female Ghostbusters. What I'm saying is. If it's um, a good movie, it's a good movie. Yeah. yeah, yeah. If it's funny, it's funny. Whatever, that's fine. But it—it's almost. I don't know if I'm an old man now. I'm like, ah, my day. They just had Ghostbusters. The movie came out, and that's all you knew about it. You knew about it three weeks in advance. But it's the way that the internet or whatever the world we live in generates uh, comments out of every picture snapshot you see. You know. 
Yeah, I, I, I honestly don't care. Um, I did enjoy seeing the picture, though, of uh, Kate McKinnon with the uh, Egon from the real Ghostbusters cartoon hair. That that made me a little excited. I was like, oh, I see. Okay. Uh, they totally they got me there. Right. And, you know, I'm going to say that, um, you know, like I said before, it, I'm not trying to diss the movie or whatever. But when I see a picture of the uh, the Proton Pack and everyone's like, hey, look, here's what the new Proton Pack. Let's compare it to the old Proton Pack. And yeah, right. Comparisons. <laughs> And I'm just like, what are we doing, guys? What, what are we it's doing? It's achieving exactly what they don't want it to achieve. Like, the, the last thing they want to be is compared to the original. Uh, the only, I think that that sets them up for disaster. The so only, I'm, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm able, you know, as a kid, I was able to separate Ghostbusters from the cartoon, the real Ghostbusters. Yeah. So I think I will be... a able to separate the female Ghostbusters from the original Ghostbusters. I'm glad this is what they're doing, as opposed to trying to continue it on. I think the whole point that Bill Murray didn't want to make a third Ghostbusters was because it would have been lame. Yeah, from everything I've heard Dan Aykroyd has said is it's impossible to nail uh, Bill Murray down on a decision. He'd send him a script, he would never read it. Yeah, because Bill Murray's the smart one. (laughs) <laughs> he knows that, I mean, they tried to recapture that with Ghostbusters 2. Right. And that was not good. Again, you know, Ghostbusters 2 was on recently. Heather, I think she was the age when Ghostbusters came out where that was her Ghostbusters. Mine mm-hmm. was the first one. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, this is not a good movie. Why? No. <laughs> I, I I hate watch it and I will laugh at stuff and... Uh, you know, to the point where she's like, okay, I get it. You don't like it or whatever. Yeah, there are lines in the movie that Bill Murray are, is obviously forced to say, and he <laughs> says them like that. He says them like there's somebody with a gun to my head, and I need to say this, and it's going to sound awful, so I'm just going to make it as awful as possible. Like whenever they're in the, uh, the Statue of Liberty being controlled by the Ness Advantage joystick, and he says something like, she's ready to kick some butt. You know, I'm paraphrasing, but it was just like, oh, there God. Many, there are wince-inducing lines in that film. So many wince-inducing lines. But not only that is that, um, I okay, if I have one nitpick with a movie that just, I'm like, okay, this is bullshit. And I know I've brought this up on the show before, but the fact that Janine is now interested in Lola's introduced to in what the hell I can't talk. Janine Lewis Tully interested in Lewis, yeah. Instead of Egon, which is her, uh, that's where the uh, attraction is. That's where in the, the first movie, yeah, the yeah. tension is there. You can see that they have chemistry, but then they force this Lewis Tully kind of romance. Right. It doesn't make any sense to me. It makes zero sense. It's just like, no, no, I don't want to do that. You know, Egon, let's just have Lewis have a relationship with her. Didn't make any sense. But and the entire scene with them watching Oscar and it just, it's very um, forced. Yeah, yeah. It's just not, it's not a good movie. 
I mean, I love Ghostbusters. I love the concept, and I love the first movie. But, yeah, the second movie just makes me mad. It annoys me, I guess, is the best way to say it. So the fact that they never made a sequel never bothered me. I kind of would like to play that 360 game you were talking about. The 360 game is great. You know, when we get into the the whole story, I almost said horse story, uh, the whole story of uh, Evo Shandor and all that stuff, that's fun. Yeah, yeah. And that's what I want to see, you know, like just kind of play with the mythology and stuff but you know there's... that's like the spiritual third ghostbusters if you will the yeah, video game so i'm not gonna be a dick or whatever like oh there there aren't lady ghostbusters i don't give a crap about that that's fine they have vaginas <laughs> yes. i'm not watching this i'm a fan of ghostbusters with dicks man yeah what it's, is this about it's it's ridiculous i i don't the, the fact that there are people that get hung up on that are like the same people that go, oh, that girl doesn't actually game because she's a girl. Girls don't game kind of, you know, that whole Gamergate horse shit. Right, right, right. It's very misogynistic. Yeah, you don't need to be protective of your uh, genders in fictional films, you know? Yeah. It's just kind of silly. I, I don't even remember, but maybe some people did when Starbuck was a girl in Battlestar Galactica. That was a long time ago. But I'm well, didn't see. didn't even the original Starbuck, what the hell is his name? Dirk Benedict. Yeah, Dirk Benedict say that Starbuck wasn't a girl whenever it was first announced. Yeah, yeah, I think he did. But it's like, he was a dick about it. All you got to do is see it. But yeah. here, here's my thing also. Uh, I was more upset by Boomer being a girl. That new, Amy, yeah, an, an Asian at that. That new, Amy, but then I got over it real fast. The new Amy Schumer film looks funny. The one called Trainwreck. Trainwreck, yeah, it looks funny. But again, I don't know what Judd Apatow's deal is. But why do his movies visually look so muddy? Why do they look so? Because shitty? he is a terrible filmmaker. But why can't? You know, he's a, a cinematographer. A I know. Why can't he get a decent cinematographer? But That's I essentially that what it comes down it looks to. It's kind of darkly lit and stuff. I don't understand. Like, if you go 40-year-old version, I, 40-year-old virgin, I love that film. I wa- Whenever it's on, I watch it and I laugh and stuff. But I'm always like, this film looks like shit, you know? Yeah, honestly, it feels yeah. like he's hiring his friends and his friends don't have the talent to overshadow him. So he's right. perfectly happy with and that. I said the same like, thing about Paul Feig, too. Like, that movie yeah. with Sandra Bullock looked... It's like they're following the carbon copy of, like, this is what these Apatow-produced films are supposed to look like or something. Yeah, the the Heat is one of the worst-looking modern comedies I've ever seen. Like, it it actually makes where they shot it in New York look like a soundstage. I'm curious to know if he's, like, influenced by a certain kind of comedy from the 80s or something that he wanted it to look like. Well, even know. a film like uh, Freebie and the Bean uh, it didn't look like I can't even like go back to like buddy comedies or like in not everyone that I can think of actually looks like a like a competently directed film. Well, well I don't dislike Paul Feig. I, I love the guy. He's one yeah. of the original freaks and geeks. He's created uh, the show, didn't he? Yeah, he uh he he's the space show. Yeah, other space. Yeah, with the the Mystery Science Theater 3000 crew. One of the only reasons I bought the heat on Blu-ray 
was for the original MST3K commentary track mm-hmm. where they just make fun of the movie the entire time. And, you know, I watched the film. It, it, there's parts that make me laugh. It's a funny – it's not an awful movie. It's funny. It's got – No, it's – it's. There are some very, very funny, hard R-rated lines in it. Melissa McCarthy's hysterical at times in it. But I'll see it like on HBO. Heather will watch it when it's on. She enjoys it. And I'm just like, God, it looks so shitty. Why is it so dark? What the hell, man? Yeah, that's, you know, I I can't help but every time something like that, like I know whenever uh, Ant-Man when Edgar Wright left Ant-Man, I, I, I was immediately like, oh, shit. And then they bring on, what was it, Peyton Reed, the guy that did, like, Bring It On. Yeah. And I was like, he's never done a good-looking film. Well, no, so, I, I disagree with you there. You really? Yeah. He did that one really cool-looking film that I don't remember the name. Uh, I'm having to look him up on IMDb. He did that film with uh, Ewan McGregor. Called Down with Love. Oh yeah, the one set in the sixties. Yeah, it looks gorgeous. Yeah, you know what? You're right. You're right. I take it back. But I wonder who his cinematographer and set designer was on that because but I that's think the same thing. Like we can't always. Okay, let's say this. Uh, just because a director directs a certain film, sometimes they have the stamp of approval on the way a film looks. Visually, they use the same cinematographer or something like that. But maybe the cinematographer chooses the look. I don't know. Yeah, it's it can be a little complicated. But anyways, we digress. Yeah, the the whole look, there's directors that you would expect to make films look good. And Ghostbusters is going to be one of those films. If that film looks like The Heat, I am going to be pissed. <laughs> like, I, I am going to, it's, he, I hope that they know what they're doing and that he has some, now I haven't seen Spy yet. And if anybody wants to see Spy for free, just Go on BitTorrent because it leaked. An HD copy of it leaked. Oh, yeah? Yeah. So there's like a, a, 10, a 720p or 1080p copy of it uh, floating around out there. Um, but uh, I, no, I don't recommend that. That's a terrible thing to do. You should pay for it. You should go to the movie theater. But it is out there. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but I haven't seen Heat, and maybe Heat, or, or and I'm sorry, uh, Spy is better. Maybe he's stepping up his game. Perhaps. I don't know. Perhaps. I wanted to see it, you know. We'll see. Okay, um, so there, the Ghostbuster picks. Did you see the group picture of them, Stephen? I, or you I saw it, but I didn't really go to look at it. I was like, oh, okay. I, you know, I may have a bad attitude, but I, yeah, I see that they tease a different picture every day. That Finally, I was just going like this. <sighs> yeah, that's well, true. See, I, I saw the Ecto one, but I didn't see. Yeah, I. Th- I, I think did... I saw the suits on the hanger, but I didn't really look at it. I was like, oh, okay. I did have a reaction about the Ecto one. That's the one thing. None of the things I was like have no feeling about at all. Okay, the mm-hmm. Ecto one car, I was like, looks like shit. That's what I thought. I like the original Ecto one. It has personality. New car doesn't. What do you? think? No, it doesn't. No, I like I like Melissa McCarthy. I like Kate McKinnon. I like Leslie Jones, but I'm not I'm not a huge Kristen Wiig fan. I do appreciate her. She can be very funny. It's so funny how much Heather detests Kristen Wiig. <laughs> Isn't that so funny how that funny. works? You there are people that either really love Kristen Wiig or people that really hate Kristen Wiig. Like right. she's very divisive or divisive. Like it's just I, it's 
the, there's the, no middle road. I do think Leslie Jones is funny. There was that one Saturday Night Live skit where there were ghost hunters. Maybe that's where Paul Feig yeah. saw that, and he was like, I need her in Ghostbusters. It's so funny. She's the skeptic. I've told you guys, I've to- talked to this about this on the show before, where she's the skeptic that's there with the ghost hunters that doesn't believe in anything, but she starts getting freaked out about everything. And, you know, they're like, you're so Leslie Jones is hysterical. She's a, I, she storms out of the house, knocks the door off the hinges and locks herself in the car and won't let him in. They're like, come on, we got you have the keys. Open the door. And she's like, no, <laughs> it was funny. But I, I bet you that got her in Ghostbusters. That's that whole thing. But yeah, yeah, I don't doubt that. I expect it to be funny. A lot of yelling and crassness and stuff. But you also remember, I'm guessing Kate McKinnon will play the Egon type of role, the smart. Yeah person but if you remember they're all very intelligent ghostbusters except for bill murray kind of takes everything he doesn't take anything seriously mm-hmm. right yeah. yeah and then winston is kind of hired along because he needs a job but uh, egon and ray they're the smart guys there's the scientists that and i know uh bill M- murray's character uh what's his name in the movie there's peter venkman peter Peter is a scientist too, but he's also a jackass, you know. Well, he's he's a scientist um, con artist, honestly. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. He's just trying to get laid at the beginning of the movie, you know, with the mm-hmm. three squiggly lines, or you know. Okay, I want to talk about this because this is kind of geeky news, and Bill, you and I talked about it. But Phil Lord and Chris Miller. The guys who directed, you know, Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs, 21 Jump Street, 22 Jump Street, and then the Lego movie are going to direct the Han Solo prequel movie that I'm assuming is the one Josh Trank dropped out of. Everyone said it was a Boba Fett prequel, but I'm guessing that it has to do with Boba Fett and Han Solo because Han Solo could easily know Boba Fett in the films from previous encounters, right? Yeah. And uh, when I heard about this, I was like, ooh, I like those guys. They seem to be good at everything they do. I bet it'll be a lot of fun. Right? Yeah, I think uh, they – I don't think – Disney and, and, and Lucasfilm are being very smart with who they're hiring. Uh, and I think that there's like an essential you must be a respectful fan to direct one of our films or right. to write one of our films. And, I mean, just, just take a look at how they hired Gary Whitta to uh, co-write Rogue... What was it? Is it Rogue One? The, uh, um, yeah. The Gareth Edwards uh, Star Wars anthology film. And Gary Whitta was a very, very vocal uh, on, on Twitter about how much he detested the prequels. Yeah. I so, when they hired him, I was like, wow, okay. I think I like where they're going with this. <laughs> so, yeah. so uh, I, I think they're being very smart about it. And I, I think these guys have incredible talent. I, I can't wait to see what they do with the, uh, you know, the live action Star Wars world. And I got to say that the immediately you and I talked about, I don't envy the casting director that has to no. cast a young Han Solo. And I was thinking, like, I don't even want to throw out names. It just would be impossible. But then immediately we start seeing, who would you cast as a young Han Solo? I can't even remember which director it was that I follow on Facebook was posting, like, pictures of people he felt should be Han Solo. It might have even been Paul Schrader. 
And I, because it, it made me go, trainer? wait, that's funny. why is, yeah, why is he posting a guy that looks like a young Harrison Ford? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, but, uh, but yeah, it's, it's the thing. okay. Lawrence Kasdan and his son are writing the script, which also excites me. It's awesome. Yeah, that's wonderful. I just wish that it was a tr- I wish Jake Kasdan was somehow involved. We have no idea how old the Han Solo in the movie is going to be. We don't know if he's in his teens, his 20s. Yeah. Who uh, started 30s, the prequel thing? His teens or whatever. It's going to be a previous <laughs> adventure with Han Solo before he met Luke Skywalker. I'm assuming. Okay. But everyone's like, I've started looking at these lists, and all of them I've just been going, no, no, no! And it's just annoying me. First one, okay, I will say this about Harrison Ford. Love Harrison Ford. I don't know what that sound is I just made. I love Harrison Ford. He's Han Solo. He's Indiana Jones. He's Rick Deckard. Okay, that's it. We know him as... He's, you know, probably his range as an actor doesn't matter. He's Harrison Ford, okay? Yeah, he's Harrison Ford in everything. Whoever plays a young Han Solo, he's got his work cut out for him. But these names that I'm reading, I'm immediately, my first instinct is no, okay? Here's one of them. And I just want to get your general reactions, okay? Josh Hutcherson. No. God, no. Hell no. From Hunger Games. Dylan O'Brien from The Maze Runner. I don't even know who the hell that is. I've never even seen The Maze Runner yet or whatever, but no. Hunter Parrish. I don't even know who the hell that is. He's had starring roles in television on Broadway. He, as a charming bad boy, okay? No. And then there's this one guy that everyone loves, this Anthony N. Gruber. He his biggest was he related to Hans Gruber? <laughs> I think so. His biggest role so far has been in Age of Adeline, and he certainly looks the part. It might be perfect to have a lesser known actor take over. I agree, a lesser known actor. I don't know who he is, but a lot of people posting videos of him doing his Harrison Ford impression and getting excited. Again, I say we have no idea the age of the right. Han Solo, so it's just speculation or whatever. Garrett Hedlund from Tron. You know, uh, no, no, he's a Josh Hartnett clone. He was exactly. Fine. He was fine in <laughs> Tron, but come on, the guys. He didn't have. He didn't have to do anything in Tron. He's got a deep voice and he's wooden. I mean, he's fine in Tron Legacy, but uh, and some guy named Timothy Chalamet, Chalamet, the young Interstellar actor is only nineteen. I don't care. No, oh, the kid, the son from Interstellar. Yeah, him, a young Han Solo. How old is this Han Solo? Uh, and this is awful. Like they're, uh, just, they're speculating the same thing, so they're going from range, you know, from fifteen to thirty. I yeah. guess. Dave, Why are we not talking my, about uh, Timothy Oliphant? <laughs> my favorite or, Bill is Dave Franco. <laughs> oh no, no. Dave God, Franco no. is Han Solo. Are you kidding me? Ryan Core, don't know who that is. They've lost me with Dave Clint Franco. Eastwood's son, Scott Eastwood. No! no. What are you talking Wait, the about? the one from Honky Tonk Man? Yeah, so William Mosley. <laughs> He's from the Chronicles of Narnia and the Royals. I don't know who that is. Nope. I, I have no idea. Zach Efron? No! no! And by the way, go F yourself! No! <laughs> Darren Chris from Hedwig and the Angry Inch on Broadway? He's Double no, because he's terrible. No! Sam Claffin, he's sim- he's hung- he's in the Hunger Games. I don't know who he is. Here, here's one that a lot of people I saw post. I don't know why. Miles Teller, 
Why? Miles Teller. Because he was in Whiplash. He's now going to be Han Solo. No, he's Reed Richards or whatever. And then here's this other guy that everyone keeps naming, Ansel Elgort. Ansel Adams. Ansel Elgort, Bill. He was in The Fault in Our Stars in Divergent. Oh wow, those are two uh, really excellent films. But I mean, why? Because they're hetero. They're uh, I don't care about. I don't know why I was going to say heterosexual. Doesn't matter. But they're males <laughs> with brown hair. That's what gets them the role. I don't understand. I don't. Know yeah, I was. I was thinking people. more along the lines of like Arnie Hammer or, uh, um, or Timothy Oliphant. Like, just give me, give me that Han Solo. Yeah, I want an older Han Solo. I don't want a teenage Han Solo. But if that's what they're going to give me, what the hell? I Han trust Solo Lawrence in Kansen, high school, and I like the Han Solo in high school. <laughs> that I would, I would probably, probably just kill myself if I that was what it was. Part of it is that all I'm 43 years old, and they're naming all these young actors. And I think it's like, who the hell are these kids? I Not even know. kids know who these kids are. Yeah, and then well, like said, their number one pick, of course, is Chris Pratt because, you know, he's the big leading man. But he, but can't, he can't be everybody. No. Yeah. But no. could he be Indiana Jones and Han Solo? Harrison no. Ford did it. Harrison Ford did it. No, can't do it. They also need to put him in the Blade Runner remake or <laughs> sequel or whatever the hell's going on there. Listen, I really like Chris Pratt. I do. But I think he, he's he's a he's a good guy. But also, he's just. I mean, how do I say this kindly? He's not a good actor. <laughs> he's good at what he does. He's good at what a he lot does. Like Harrison but Ford is. I, I love Guardians of the Galaxy. He was perfect, perfectly acceptable for what was written for Jurassic World, you know. But I don't, I don't know. It's it's tough. That's really really tough. What about Nicholas Holt, Bill? Mm, you know what? He's a, he's a decent actor. I you know I I have no problem. He's a little too skinny. He's a little too uh, nerdy. I want to read their reasons why. Miles Teller, this boyish-looking 28-year-old, may not be scruffy enough to pull off the role as, mis- as the mischievous solo. Still, he's had a variety of roles, from a jazz drummer uh, to Reed Ridge. Shut up. I hate these articles. Yeah, exactly. Oh, and the other you one. You haven't the even kid, seen him as Reed Richards people yet. People were like the kid from the Kingsman, Taron Egerton. Edgerton? No. Yeah. You guys like? I, I love Kingsman. Yeah. I think it's a brilliant film. That's not. He's not Han Solo. I don't even see it's, him being dude, able to pull that off. It's going to be tough for whoever plays the role. I don't know. It. It's almost like part of the game of the speculation of film is everyone to cast. But you see why nobody is a casting director, also, don't you? Mm. Yeah. But this, some of the list, I was just like, "What? No! Who? Are, what the hell?" It's the same thing as like people naming, you know, who would you cast as Roland in the Dark Tower or something like that. The list people make drive you insane because it just all seems like bad ideas. But um, I'll never forget in the um, I don't. You guys have seen this documentary on the Phantom Menace DVD, The Beginning, okay? 
Do you guys remember this? Yes. They have a list of three kids to play Anakin Skywalker. And they even show some of the screen tests of another blonde kid. I always thought the blonde kid that they didn't pick was better than Jake Lloyd. Oh, my God, yeah. Do you guys remember that? I, I was like, why didn't they pick that kid? He seems better. But they picked Jake Lloyd. You know, what are symbionts? I don't want to hate on Jake Lloyd every episode of the show. But well, still. I think Jake Lloyd is hating on Jake Lloyd at this point. Casting is really, um, you know, uh, I can crucial. It's a t- crucial, tough Maybe job. Maybe the blonde-headed kid wanted too Maybe, much money. For Christ's sakes, do you remember who George Lucas wanted as Indiana Jones? But he couldn't no. do it? Tom Selleck. Oh, oh, yeah, 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 I do Indiana remember. Jones, yeah. Now yeah. Tom Selleck's busy stealing water to water his avocados. He's stealing water. I love it. <laughs> okay. Keep his bushes and trees watered. I want to switch gears here to another story. By the way, my favorite story of the week, though, after all of this is, <laughs> this kid gives zero fucks about Xbox <laughs> One. <laughs> I cracked up at that friggin' uh, headline, and then I had to watch the video where this kid wins. And I got to skip to where he wins right, the kid. Okay, this kid wins an Xbox One. Hey, how's one. it going? That last match, was that pretty close? Yeah, it was nerve-wracking. I guess he had to compete in a That's good. Well, uh, I mean, video game. game on top, yeah. so you should be pretty excited, right? Yeah. Yeah. He's excited. It's, you know, it's all over, man. Uh, like, you, you can, can calm down. No himself. stress. <laughs> the only stress is finding out what prize you're going to win. So let's go ahead and give that prize wheel a spin. All right. It's a prize wheel. Okay, it's spinning. He can win an Xbox One, a $20 gift card, or just a controller. <laughs> what? Is it the Elite controller? Or the X- Xbox Gold for a year. Okay. You just won an Xbox One! Yay. <laughs> is that all the excitement you can muster? Well, that is awesome. Congratulations, man. And you know what? Will was it's very close when he My said, favorite thing this is, is she's still talking about he walks he away. This, this set of prize winners. Congratulations. <laughs> Thanks so much. <laughs> he just walked away. <laughs> he was too already. excited. He's just walking off with his Xbox. But anyway. But I love that headline. This kid gives zero fucks about <laughs> Was that Kotaku? <laughs> Who was that? It no, was it was Destructoid. Destructoid. Yeah. I love that. That's the best headline I've ever read, by the way. That is pretty great. But I want—I was really excited to talk to you about this, Bill, about this guy who unearthed from his dad's attic the Nintendo PlayStation. Console, yes. Which apparently, you know, I, I kind of had to... Re- I, remember, I remember reading about this a long time ago, that Nintendo was going to do a console with a disc platform, and they were going to partner with Sony, and they had... It was the early form of the PlayStation. Mm-hmm. Nintendo totally screwed uh, Sony over, right? Yeah, and it was at like E3, or no, not E3, but CES, they were where like they announced announce- a partnership with freaking Philips. But you know what? Nintendo balked. They were like, wait a second. Sony's going to make so much money off of this. No, we're going to go with, uh, who did they go with? Over their uh, Philips CDI. Yeah, because the Philips CDI, they went with them and they announced it. Sony was so effing pissed that they did this backroom deal behind their backs. They went on to make the first PlayStation, the PS1. And, of course, what did they do? They dominated the video game market. And Nintendo, have they ever come back from that? You know what? Uh, they had they've had highs, times. highs and lows. They've yeah, I mean, the Nintendo sixty four was relatively successful, but and had um, the same market share as Sony since then. I would say. 
Not now. I mean, I mean Nintendo's like fledgling now. I mean, it's the uh, 3DS probably dominates the Vita, but <laughs> yeah, no god. I, I at least Nintendo is winning with uh, the handhelds, but the Wii yeah. U has yet to do anything uh, to impress anybody, and they're already working on their next console, the NX. Yeah. You know, so I I think even Nintendo's biggest problem is when the Wii came out, they abandoned that uh, certification program that they had with every other game before that, where the game had to be good enough to get a certification from Nintendo. Right. You know, and then, there, of course, there were games that tried to get around that by, you know, different types of cartridges, different, uh, uh, different ways. And uh, there was a huge, actually a huge thing between uh, Tengen and Nintendo. Yeah, yeah, I remember that. Because uh, Tengen actually committed a corporate espionage to get the information for the lockout chip in the Nintendo. And that's, you know, when it, that's why they released those, uh, those games to get around that. They, they like befriended Nintendo and got in good, in their good graces and everything. And then they decided, well, screw you. We don't want to give you any money. We'll make our own lockout chip. Yeah. Remember the, the Nintendo seal of approval. Yeah. Was a big and uh, then when the Wii came out, Nintendo was like, oh, you know, why, why would we bother with that? Uh, and that's when the Wii just got just freaking inundated with shovelware, just totally, right. total garbage games. And they saw that they screwed up and then they reinstituted this, you know, the, the seal of approval for the Wii U. And now there's just nothing for the Wii U. Yeah, the only thing was, I remember that zombie game. <laughs> oh, yeah. I never, you know what? I, I played it for like an hour. One of the Batman games, I think, came out on there. I'm not sure which one. Yeah, Arkham uh, Arkham City. Arkham City. But yeah, the second one. So, okay, this guy's dad used to work for Sony or somebody. I could read you the story. His father worked as a maintenance man at a company called Advanta Corporation from 2000 to 2009. As chance would have it. Olaf Olafsson, a then 35-year-old physicist and best-selling novelist, was the president of the company. Olafsson also happened to be the former CEO of Sony Interactive Entertainment, a unit of Sony created in 1991, among other things, to, uh, to create and bring to market the PlayStation. It was during his time at th that Sony worked to establish a relationship with Nintendo to create a peripheral that would allow the Super NES to play CD games. Which, by the way, never came out. <laughs> the company also worked on creating a Sony-branded device that would play SCNS games and SCNS CD games. A falling out of the Consumer Electronics Show in 1991 broke the companies apart, but not before 200 of the prototype PlayStations were created. After leaving Sony, Olofsson went to work uh, at Advanta. Uh, so this guy's dad enters the picture, who is a maintenance guy or uh, whatever. When they went bankrupt, the company ordered my dad to throw out a bunch of shit out, Dan Diebold said, the son. He's got a way with words, too, doesn't he? And he does. He's, he's a wordsmith. As he was cleaning out the rooms, he found this box. Inside what appears to be the prototype for the SENS PlayStation. He kept a bunch of stuff from there. My dad has tons of old systems and shit. He keeps everything. Again, this guy, way with words. Uh, <laughs> Dan says he hasn't tried turning the system on yet. Why? Because it's missing the power cord. I would have 
solve that in an hour. I would have gone yeah, to freaking Radio Shack. How hard is it? That, I'm looking at uh, the back picture of it, and it's a direct current uh, 7.6 volt. I would have find that. I, I, yeah, yeah, I would have drove. I would have went to buy a power cord immediately. But that he plans on buying a cord that will work with it soon to test it out. The system also has cartridges and a CD. He has no idea what's on either. As for the future of the system, Diebold said he's not exactly sure what he's going to do with it yet. At the moment, I don't know. I'm pretty sure my dad would think about selling it because he's pretty broke. He added that he's going to bring the console back with him to Denver and might have a friend who runs a retro game shop. Look at it. No, dude. Do not let anyone seal this thing in plastic. Do not let anyone touch it until you show it to... You put it on eBay, man. uh, Auction. What do you no, think? is he even allowed to legally sell it? Isn't that Sony's property? Nobody can take it from him, I don't think. I don't know. But let me ask you this. Would you keep it or put it, take it to a game museum, or would you try to sell it? Well, there's, I think it only has one cartridge and one CD, so who knows what can even... I would turn it on just out of curiosity. It probably yeah, I don't know, man. Cartridges in to see what they are. It would probably play a music CD or it's, something. It's probably, it's probably E.T. It's, it says Nintendo Super <laughs> Famicom cassette. It looks like a, snu- a Super Nintendo cartridge. Yeah. That'd be so cool if you could put a Super Nintendo cartridge in there and it would play it, you know? Well, I would have to think it, it would. And the controller looks like a Super Nintendo controller. And it says mm-hmm. Sony PlayStation on it. Some people, I remember even at first, I was like, I don't know, man, this might be fake. But then I was thinking, this isn't fake. It's too good looking, you know? Yeah, I like I, I know device. originally it was it was conceived as like an add-on, like there would because there was that port on the bottom of the uh, Super Nintendo. Yeah, you could take and it would plug into that. So this is almost kind of like that um, that late generation Genesis CDX. Yeah. Where, which I sold. I used to have one. I, I sold it on like, uh, I had eBay. The, the Sega CD, the first Sega CDs, the Genesis would oh. sit perfectly like a footprint on top of the new the Mega Driver. Yep. The Sega CD, but then they added this kind of uh, rectangular. No, it's like a horizontal one where the Genesis sat to the left and the yeah. That's the one I have. That's the one I had too. I don't have it anymore because yeah, I still have it and it still works. I sold it to a pawn shop (laughs) (laughs) when I didn't play it anymore. But uh, it's interesting that they had this idea. But then I guess Sony went to um, Philips. But then did they ever come out with any kind of disc system back then for the Super Nintendo, or did they? No, no. It was. I never played a GameCube. Was that a disc system? Yeah, it was. It was the tiny disc. It used a uh, uh, like a one point five gigabyte disc or something like that. It was. Right. It may have even been smaller. I, maybe the one point five gigabyte was the GD ROM that the Dreamcast used. But yeah, the GameCube used the little little tiny discs. They were so adorable. Yeah. Do they not want to ever do anything like anyone else does? Basically. No. They don't want to have regular sized discs or whatever. No, of course not. I mean, that was just a cool thing that I saw there. I was like, oh, wow, that's awesome. I mean, yeah, I know it won't play any games, but it's just neat that the Nintendo, the fabled Nintendo PlayStation Mm. is there. I actually like the idea that Sony 
kind of was spurned and they went on to make their own PlayStation, yeah. you know? Oh, yeah, the GameCube was a 1.5 gigabyte disc, but it was a mini DVD. It was an 8 centimeter mini DVD based technology. Did you, you owned a ga- GameCube, right? Yeah, I had, I had multiple GameCubes. I, uh, like, I, whenever they started releasing the, the first was the purple one, then it was the black one, and, you know, Nintendo loves doing that shit where they release multiple colors of it, but yeah. yeah, All of them do now. The, they have all the different versions of Xbox and the PS4 now, the, the, you know, you can buy the Uncharted edition, the, uh, Destiny edition, and all that stuff. You know? Yeah, it's, um, it's so that entire uh, story is so so interesting. I know if you ever want to know more about that, I believe uh, maybe no, it was the it was the Tengen thing that that falling out that uh, Nintendo had that uh, the gaming historian did an episode on. Yeah, uh, but there might be happened. one for the CDI. I'm not sure, but there, to, I God, was... I had a friend that had a CDI. What a piece of shit didn't no you had a 3do didn't you or your brother oh yeah i had a 3do my dad i remember sitting in the electronics boutique and just man i was such a shit kid i would manipulate my dad didn't even have the money for it and he spent almost i think it was almost like 700 dollars on yeah that was an expensive ass system yeah and it was and again i only got it because friends had it and i was super jealous and the games you I only ever played the 3DO. Yeah, the 3DO. I don't. I only. I think I had like Gex, which was the uh, Dana Gould yeah, voiced yeah. game. That's right. It, it did start out with that. Yeah, and it had the uh, the the road. Was it? It wasn't Road, road Blasters, rash. but it was Road Rash. Yeah. Yeah, there was a there was a Road Rash for it. Yeah, and uh, if you're not playing on a 3DO system. What are you playing with? <laughs> Presenting 3DO, the most advanced Super home shy. gaming system in the universe. It's time to put away yeah. your toys. Oh yeah, I remember the thing I was jealous about is that they had football and crash and burn when you buy a Dragon's Lair of all things. Yeah. I was like, I want to play Dragon's Lair. That's and awesome. The, the video was so much better. You know, it was. I remember I had like a, a Dungeons and Dragons game, I think called Death Keep, and uh, there was that awful fighting game that had the soundtrack from Rob Zombie, Way of the Warrior. It oh, was, yeah. oh, that was really bad. What about? Let me see this. Hey, you're watching TV, and this guy says it's CDI, friends, the next generation CD player that works with your TV. And you say, but I have a CD player. And your mom says. No, dear. CDI works with your television. You'd probably feel pretty dumb and maybe even fake it like you'd already experienced the ultimate in games, movies, music, and more. Trust me, babe. I know about this CDI stuff. Now get into CDI starting at $2.99 with $200 of free software. Hey, this is way cheaper than the 3DO. <laughs> yeah, this is a piece of shit. What was that game where you were like a peeping Tom in an apartment complex or something? Uh, I remember Leisure it, Suit Larry? No, it was like you were like had a telescope. Night Trap? No, it was like Night Trap, but it had live actors, but it was like for adults where you were in an apartment building. It had saw, a lot of adult games. You saw windows yeah, it did. and you could peek in and you would see a woman in lingerie or something. I remember as a kid going like, oh, I want to play that. <laughs> yeah, I, I would um, 
I would play. What else was there? Who shot Johnny Rock? I had Twisted the Game Show was the one I played the most because it was a really trippy game show. Um, oh, God, I'm that? trying to look and see what that game was called. Remember the horrible Zelda games they had on there? <laughs> oh, on the, on the CDI? Yeah. God, that was painful. They, I don't even. They weren't even like canon games. They were. They were. Well, if if canon films made a Zelda game, that's more what these I, were like. I they were just. Was- Bill is called Voyeur. Voyeur. Wow. I gotta see if there's a Voyeur commercial because I know I saw that as a kid. I was like, oh my gosh, Voyeur. And that was for the CDI. It might have been the 3DO. I'm not sure. I don't think it was for the 3DO. Okay, let's see CDI commercial. Yeah. It just has the intro and stuff, but uh, I love. Uh, Friggin' uh, YouTube. Yeah, there it is, Voyeur. Oh. Did you have this even on the 3DO or anything? Mm-hmm. It's one of these live action games where you're like, I don't know if you're trying to solve a murder or something, but you're actually. Uh, it's kind of like uh, Rear Window. Yeah, yeah, you're oh, like. Take it easy with that thing, ladies. Shut up! Oh. You're like looking through a window and you're videotaping. These actors, these, on. these four actors against a blue screen or a green screen or something. But of course, it's awful. But every once in a while, you could click on one and there'd be a woman undressing or something. So. Oh, yeah. I mean, there were I, there was a whole series of games like that uh, at that age that I just wanted to play because I, w- I thought maybe I would see someone naked. Like, there was the yeah. PC game that Sierra Games call- did called Phantasmagoria. Yeah, yeah. And it was... It was awful. It was. It was. <laughs> yeah, they all were awful. <laughs> it was like yeah, it was kind of like a mist point and click explore, but there was a uh, full motion video, and I was just I had such a crush on the girl in it that I would sit there at night on my computer in the middle of the dining room as a kid and be like, "Hey, hey, am I gonna see someone naked?" Uh, no, it never happened. But. Yeah, I bought one that I thought was going to be a, 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 an adult-oriented game, and it wound up just being a softcore version movie that you'd see on Cinemax. You know, Aww. Yeah. Uh-huh. but it was just the movie. It wasn't a game. I was like, "Where's the game? I want the game portion. You know? <laughs> Where's yeah. the penetration yeah. button?" But it's so funny that no, these... I wanted. I wanted to. to, to... <laughs> <laughs> but what's so funny is. We were totally, like, at the age I was or whatever, you know, I wanted the 3DO or the CDI because I was sucked in by the fact that, you know, there were all gimmicky games that played like shit, right? But mm-hmm. when you're a kid, you're like, oh, my God, that's awesome. It's like an interactive movie. But in reality, the What's game that? sucks, you know. Oh. So it's kind of funny. Bill fell out of his chair. Bill, are you there? Hello. Bill. Oh my God! Something happened. He- no, there was an alarm going off. I didn't know what it was. Oh, I thought you fell I thought down. You got kidnapped. No, I did. It was uh, it was the night trap guys. They came <laughs> out of the wall and took oh, me yeah. away. What were those things called? Yeah, I, I can't even remember what those dudes were called. <laughs> Neither can I. But I have I have it for the uh, I have the. Uh, do you remember that god awful thirty uh, two X that you put on top of the Sega? Yeah, yeah. Did it, that really do anything? Did it boost the graphics? And stuff? No, it did. It did. It was a pain in the ass, but the graphics were better. The games were better, and uh, but they did a thirty two X add on for the Sega CD, and I have the thirty two X version of Night Trap. It's the censored version, but uh, it's uh, it's still there. Now here's another story. I don't know. It was all 
over the entire yeah. news cursing minion toys at McDonald's, Bill. Oh, when I, the moment I saw that, I clicked the video and I was waiting to hear what I was supposed to hear. And all I heard was minion gibberish. Well, what, yeah. am, what am I supposed to be hearing? Here's Okay, first here's the news story, and they bleep it. But my local news did a story well, with a different parent, and they didn't bleep it because obviously the news story was like, yeah, you can't hear anything. You just play it. But I could hear it after repeated listens, and I was like, okay, I can kind of hear it. Okay, first let's listen to this news story, which is hilarious. New tonight, a local family is furious after they say a talking minion toy they plan to give their granddaughter spewed profanity. They got oh the minions from a Happy Dude. Meal. Eyewitnesses at Tins Mario Boone took their concern straight to McDonald's. If you have small kids, you probably know they're in love with minions. And why not? They talk and have big eyes and funny outfits. So when the Merton family stopped by this Longwood McDonald's to get their four-year-old granddaughter a Happy Meal, Longwood, that's the dirty. only surprise would be which minion was inside. I'm shocked. Turns out the real shocker was this message the minion spoke. It turned out to be a toy that decided to talk profanity. Bradley Merton talk told profanity. me he is convinced okay. this adorable little minion is saying a four-letter word I can't even use on TV if I want to keep my job. Listen again. I can't believe it's coming out of a toy. We wondered if other minions allegedly have a potty mouth, so I came to the same McDonald's and bought my own Happy Meal. Oh, your so far, no profanity. <laughs> you don't have After the same two days one, of dude. investigating, even no, the producers at other Disney <laughs> did not agree on exactly what the minion is saying. He's so I reached out business. to the bigwigs at McDonald's, and here's what they said. Minions speak minionese, which is a random combination of many <laughs> languages racist. and nonsense words minionese, and sounds. Minionese has no translation to or meaning in any recognized language. Any perceived similarities to words used in the English language are purely coincidental. coincidental. Check their toys before they hand them over. Mario Boone, Eyewitness News at 10. Well, okay, that was the story. Okay, and now I want you to hear this guy on Facebook. He did it, and I kind of heard it, but... Let's be honest. You can. It's reaching a little. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Let's... So this is a minion we bought the other night. Uh, my daughter got a Happy Meal from McDonald's yep. with a toy, of course. Of course. Originally, we didn't think anything of it until my wife this morning was moving it out of the car seat and heard something didn't quite sound right. Seriously, I have a McDonald's toy. Oh, stop it. Okay, so it sounds like it's saying what the F, right? No. The lady, the lady on the local news, she's, they said, uh, this woman uh, is planning on legal action. She goes, McDonald's upset me and my family and my kids, and they need to pay. So she's planning on suing oh, them. Oh, God. And I was like, oh, okay. All right, now you're going to ruin... Happy Meals for every kid from now on. There'll never yeah. be another toy. Yeah, I like that the McDonald's is not saying anything, but no, they're speaking minionese. If you hear that, it's coincidence. You know, it's not. It's what all on saying. you. It's reaching. But the first thing I thought was like, okay, let's go to McDonald's. I want one of those. What about? Yeah, exactly. What about model. the? Uh, wasn't there an El- Elmo that said, "Who wants to die"? Yeah, yeah. They they never they never knew who did that, mm. but they figured somebody reprogrammed it or something. 
<laughs> but I like that. That's so much better. Well, I like how the guy explains in his YouTube video. Yeah, it was at McDonald's, my kid. We got him a minion toy, and here's what it said. Sound like a bad word or something. You know, it's like, there you go. McDonald's got to pay. My wife well, is taking, the taking away my Confederate battle flag, and now <laughs> making me sure. listen to swearing minions. First, them gays can get married. Took away my flag, and now minions are using bad words around my kids. What's this world coming to? This ain't the America I signed up for. <laughs> yeah, whole world's going to hell in a handbasket. Next thing I heard, guess what? You hear about this? They want some. Young Han Solo or some <laughs> shit. They got female Ghostbusters. This whole world sucks. I'm gonna hang Dick myself. The one looks like ass. <laughs> presidents from Kenya. <laughs> yeah, I vote for Donald Trump for president. Yeah, <laughs> that'll, that'll work. <laughs> so I love that story too. Okay. Yeah. Now, okay. Bill, you know what? Actually, I never got to tell you this, Bill, but I saw, um, we actually saw Terminator Genesis. You did? Yes. Yeah. Was it Sunday? I think it's because yeah. it was Sunday. It was such a weird day to see a movie. And I just oh, kinda... wow. I Here I was thinking you didn't see it yet because I haven't seen it yet. I, I We almost went to see it, but we went to see Sharknado 2 instead, which was um, probably not the right choice. Emma and I saw Sharknado 2 last night. All right, so but Terminator Genesis, I want to know, I want to know about okay. that. Then we'll get to Sharknado. Okay, we'll talk about Sharknado. Remind me to talk about Sharknado next. Okay. All right. I I've thought long and hard about this, and uh, I will admit I enjoyed myself in the film. I saw it with Heather, Emma saw it with us, and Stephen was there, and uh, Emma enjoyed the film. It's not like you know, there's one f bomb in the whole movie. I think that's it, uh, and it's not particularly gruesome or anything it's all i don't even remember it the effects are really good okay terminator the first film means a lot to me one of my favorite films as a kid of course terminator 2 seen it a gazillion times seen it so many times that when it's on i don't really watch it anymore because i've just seen it too many times you know there's you can actually see a movie too many times i i've learned um but i can quote it over my shoulder or whatever if heather's watching it I have, basically, I think what I'm saying is I have no desire to watch it anymore. I've ruined it for myself. Okay. Um, now, Terminator and Terminator 2, they're like a part of me. I own them. They're they're part of their top 10 movies uh, on my top it's 10. your lexicon. For sure. If I were to do that. Yeah. It's in my whole uh, makeup, my genetic makeup now. You know what I'm saying, Bill? Just like Absolutely, no one, no one yeah. could ever take the Star Wars out of you, Bill. No one could. I ever, wouldn't want that. No one could ever take the, the Terminator out of me. So as I watch this film, I'm like, these, this, whatever this film is, I never expect it to be Terminator One or Terminator Two. All I want is to be entertained. I don't think of them even as, you know, they're not James Cameron creations. They're right. somebody yeah. else's creations. Alan Taylor directed it, or. Whoever wrote it, you don't obviously you can't get Linda Hamilton back as a young Sarah because she's not young. You can't get Michael Bean back, so you get Jay Courtney or you get uh, the Targaryen girl from Game of Thrones. Okay, that's fine. The thing that makes this film is Arnold Schwarzenegger. He's so entertaining, Bill, because he knows how to play the Terminator. He plays an old Terminator, right? 
So the whole okay. you've already been spoiled by things in the trailer. So basically, for some reason, when Sarah Connor was a little girl, Skynet sent uh, a Terminator back to kill her when she's a little girl. Well, they sent a T eight hundred to save her, and her parents were killed, unfortunately. And now the T eight hundred Arnold raised her and trained her her whole life. So by the time Reese goes back in time, you know, the trailer gives this away again. Again, the trailer gives everything away. Yeah. When he goes back in time to save her, she saves him because now there's a T-1000 after him. And actually, one of the funnest things about the film is that I you forget by about how much fun the T-1000 is, yeah. liquid metal and all that. The whole idea is kind of frightening and scary because you can't stop this thing. All you can do is kind of stun it, you know. Uh, it's played by Storm Shadow from G.I. Joe, which he does a great job. He's basically imitating Robert Patrick, and he does yeah. a really good job. You know, I was talking to my dad about this, is that I've seen Terminator 2 enough times that when you watch the film, the thing that doesn't hold up is that whenever Robert Patrick isn't the T-1000 and somebody else is because he's taken their form, be it a right. security guard or Vasquez from Aliens – they're terrible as the T-1000. They're very robotic. They're just awful. That's yeah. what I think. You know, you can just tell they're kind of robotic. Remember that part where the uh, twin she guys. kills Xander Berkeley and then yeah. she kind of looks at her arm robotic and then puts it down like, I'm a robot. I'm putting my arm down. It's just mm-hmm. awful. I've seen yeah. the movie so many times that I'm like, you're awful. Stop. <laughs> you know, like they should have followed Robert Patrick around for like a week being the T-1000 to get it down because yeah. he's natural at it. So, sure. this yeah, guy... Why would you look at your knife arm? Yeah. Oh, I'm transforming. Okay, that's working operational. <laughs> so, this guy, um, he's obviously studied Robert Patrick and he's, he's great as a T-1000. Now, here's another thing. Not in the movie that much. So, he's kind of there, makes his mark, and then he's gone. So, it's kind of fun. Now, you know the huge spoiler that they give away in the trailer, Bill, right? Yes. Which is, I'm going to let you say it. You haven't seen the movie. This is how ridiculous it is. Somehow Skynet has manipulated John Connor into a, what, half man, half cyborg? Yeah, it's so ridiculous that you know that. that why do they give that away? So when he shows up and he's like, uh, Sarah, uh Kyle and I'm like he's a Terminator. We know that. Come on, they gave it away in the trailer. Yeah. <laughs> um, the one thing that I didn't know what J.K. Simmons played in the movie, and I actually thought he was very entertaining in the yeah. film. Oh yeah, he plays the um, the psychiatrist, right? No, you think oh. that he's Doctor Silberman or something? But yeah, no. no, not at all. Can I go ahead and give it away to Bill? Because that's like yeah. one spoiler he doesn't know. <laughs> Absolutely. Why not? I'll I'll still see it. In 1984, the T-1000 comes after Kyle Reese. Kyle Reese saves a cop from the T-1000. Inside the... uh, The sporting goods store where he gets his Nike. Oh, okay, yeah. So years later, when they they have to travel to 2017, uh, J.K. Simmons is there, and he's like, I know you. You guys haven't... You guys haven't aged a day. You know, uh, you saved my life. He remembers them. 
and because of that incident, he believes everything they tell him about Judgment Day and the Terminators. He doesn't doubt anything they say. He believes them. Yeah. And he helps them, and he's a cop. And I was like, how refreshing that this guy believes everything Or is he saying. an ex-cop at that point? I think he's like a, an ex-cop or something. But I think it's refreshing that he believes them and he wants to help them instead yeah. of like, no, you're under arrest. Let me handcuff you or whatever. You yeah, know? awesome. So... The movie is confusing as shit if you think about time travel, because here's the thing that uh, I talked about this with my dad, and he kind of talked his way out of it. Okay, our broadcast just ended. Okay. Publish recording the show reel later. Okay, do you guys want to see if we can do it again? Sure. Yeah, go for it. It's letting me do it. <laughs> we found wow, nice. Cool, you guys. Okay, we're back on live. Uh, Zelf, the person who's listening. So, okay, uh, what was I saying? Um, okay. The loophole in time, time travel. In the original Terminator, which we've They go seen, into the Nexus. Yeah, in the original Terminator, Kyle Reese is sent back in time to save Sarah Connor. Correct. In that film, he's basically memorized every line and curve of her face from this photograph he has of her. He's in love with her. She eventually falls in love with them. They have a great night of uh, lovemaking. He dies and he saves her or whatever. Well, she saves herself, actually. Um, and becomes impregnated with John Connor. Yes. Okay. So she's impregnated with John Connor. It's 1984, right, Bill? Last time I checked. Okay. So he becomes the leader of the future. Great military leader, as Edward Furlong says, very annoyingly. So, okay, cut to this film. Kyle Reese goes back in time, encounters a new Sarah Connor who is a badass. She's been trained by a Terminator. She's there to save his ass from a T-1000. He immediately says he has uh, memories from a different life he doesn't understand, a different... yeah. From a childhood he never had. He grew up in the ruins of nuclear war, but he has memories of a family and, and a house. non-nuclear war. Uh, yeah. And the the war came later or whatever, right? So, huh. Or did it come at all? He's got a separate timeline going on in his head. He doesn't know why. It's because when you go back in time or whatever, this different thread you, got... You, you F with time. A new thread got <laughs> developed or some shit. Okay, so it's Back to the Future Part 2. Right. So... They, he knows, all he knows is they need to go to 2017, right? Because he knows what Genesis is, or he doesn't know what it is. We all know it's a Sega, uh, you know, video game system. That will take over. Unless you're in Europe and then it's the Mega Drive. Yeah. <laughs> Terminator Mega Drive. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay. Guess what Genesis is, Bill? I don't know. Uh, the first book of the Bible? It's, yeah. No, no. That's with an I. This is with a Y. Oh. Uh, it's an operating system, but it's also secretly Skynet, right? Right. So he knows they must keep Genesis from launching, which I swear is a storyline in another movie about an operating system launching. Uh, I can't think of what it is right now. Well, but still Terminator, the other, the last one. Uh, but uh, they can't let this. Basically, it's uh, the new Suri is going to launch, right? Yeah. And, oh, no. Uh, okay, so here's the thing. They jump into the future. To 2017. They don't have any relations in 1984. He never sleeps with Sarah, so she's never pregnant. So they go to the future where John Connor's there to encounter him. 
okay, maybe you can explain this away with alternate dimensions and stuff like that, like Fringe or something. Mm-hmm. But my mind in the movie was like, wait, he didn't get her pregnant. But how could John yeah. Connor exist if he didn't get her pregnant? He got her pregnant in 1984. Even if he got her pregnant in 2017, it would screw up the whole timeline. Right. But it is a different universe. It's a different thread, right? But still, it confused the hell out of me, and I kept thinking about it during the movie. But they can somehow access this new thread? Skynet can apparently... uh, Is multiverse. Is interdimensional. (laughs) Skynet is so friggin' intelligent. And by the way, can I give you... There's an actor who plays Skynet in human form. Oh, sweet. It's... uh, I think you would appreciate this, Bill, but I don't want to give away another spoiler. No, just give it away. I don't care. Um, Okay, spoiler alert for everybody. If you don't want to know... Plug your ears. Turn up the... Matt Smith from Doctor Who is Skynet. Oh, that's, I was wondering who he played. Yes, apparently he's learned, they've learned how to, like, once they failed, this is one thing that they kind of explain. Every scenario they keep failing, Skynet does. So it keeps going, I guess, back in time and redrawing. And the the last final thing it's come up with is to mesh it with human tissue. Yeah. Yeah, to go beyond the T-1000. Machine and human tissue, right? Yeah. It's basically the Borg or something. So John yeah. Connor's the Borg, and he can't technically... At first, he's like, they're like, you can't hurt us because we're your parents. He's like, technically, that's not true. You guys are a, are like uh, castaways in the wrong timeline. I can do whatever I want to you. And they're like, oh. And I started thinking, oh, maybe that's why she didn't have to be pregnant. I'm so confused. <laughs> So basically, you could just write your shit. Uh, you know, in time travel movies, you can do whatever you want, basically, right? Yeah. But here's the thing: Arnold Schwarzenegger is the heart of the movie. The Terminator. He is. She calls him Pops because Aww. he's her like her grandpa, yeah. and he's very protective of her. And it's so funny. He can't go with them to the future because only living tissue. Can go, and he's all jacked up with Yeah, metal. he had part of his arm ripped He's like, off. I'll see you in the future. And they're like, okay, be waiting for us. So when they get there, he's got gray hair, and he's even older because he's got human tissue on the outside of his skin. But it's he's like, his whole arm is exposed metal. He just can't go through the time machine. But it all grew back. Yeah, he said it'll take years for my skin to grow back. Uh, so he's just been sitting there waiting for him, which I like that I did too. Oh no, you know what he actually he's says? He's been preparing for He's that. been preparing. He even got a job at Cyberdyne doing construction and stuff, yeah. kind of like spying on him. <laughs> it's, it's hilarious, you know? Uh, Arnold is the best thing about the movie, Bill. Seriously. It's, it honestly sounds kind of brilliant. It in is how- the way they worked in old Arnold. I yeah, I, I don't get, I, okay, I... I can appreciate that. I can appreciate it in that it is a entirely different setup. Yeah. Like it, it just it's it's not following any kind of rules. It's making up its own thing. It's using the characters. I think maybe that's why James Cameron appreciated it so much is that it 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 maybe it lovingly uh calls back to the the two films but it it does something on its own it doesn't try to mcgee it or right. you know it, it doesn't try to, the, to exploit what he put ahead own. of them or put yes. you know it, 
And it's just like the Star Trek reboot where, okay, the original Terminator and Terminator 2, different timeline or whatever. You could do that. Like, this exists. But here's the thing also that I actually thought was kind of cool and funny. I was actually laughing. And uh, Emma goes, what's so funny? And I go, um, nothing. You, you, I couldn't explain to her that I've seen Terminator, the first film, so many times. When Kyle Reese goes back to the Terminator, they reenact scenes from the Terminator, like right. the bum. He goes, "Did you just see a bright light?" And yeah. the, the guy starting the garbage truck, and it shorts out, and he goes, "What the hell?" Yeah, and he's going like I've seen that so many times that I they reenacted those scenes with new actors, Bill, and even the scene with the guys, the three punks, the punks at the yeah. observatory, where they're like. Wash day tomorrow, nothing clean. You know, it's not Bill Paxton, but it's a guy yeah. who looks like him. It cracked me up that they're restaging those scenes, you know? I love that. And even, you know, the Terminator's just about to kill the guys like before, and all of a sudden you hear a voice off camera, and he goes, I've been waiting for you a long time. And the Terminator turns around and it goes, oh, scans him, and it says T-800. And he's like, and he's got his same lever action shotgun, you know? <laughs> so there's totally that fan stuff where you're like, Aww. oh, cool, you know? So I, I, when I first saw this trailer, I was just like, what is this horse shit? But yeah. I kind of left that all at the door, and I allowed myself to enjoy it. I, I could easily shit all over it, you know? I know that Drew uh, McWeeny didn't like it very much, or he was just like, uh, put stop making Terminator movies. I kind of agree with that. I'm not sure we need any more. I don't think it No, we don't. Well. Didn't do very well at the box office. The story's been told. But Terminator 2... When I rewatched Terminator 2, honestly, what I think is, even you know now, I didn't think of it in the past... What I think now when I honestly watch that film is, wow, James Cameron really didn't want to make a trilogy of this film. Because a lot of people want to make trilogies. Mm -hmm. The Terminator 2 is the end of the story. Yeah, it is. They leave nothing open-ended for any more. He was done telling Terminator stories at the end of that film. Right. There yeah. was no nothing for Terminator 3 at all. So people right away, he's like, I told the story. I'm not interested. I'm selling the rights or whatever. People can do whatever they want. Uh, he was done. So any kind of extra stuff, we've got Terminator, uh, Salvation, Terminator, what was it? Rise of the Machines. Rise of the Machines. All just silly yeah. uh, money grabs or whatever. Sure, they might have moments that might kind of be fangasmy or whatever but <laughs> is that a term you but, just made one but it's like we the films are wholly forgettable come on you know at least rise of the machines had arnold kind of and i kind of like the ending how he tricks him into being in the underground bunker you know but yeah. besides that the films are totally forgettable right yeah so this film you know i saw one person it was topless robot they said this Terminator is like them rebooting Terminator as a Marvel franchise. And I kind of saw that kind of family friendly. I mean, sure, it's violent. There's people getting skewered by the T-1000 and stuff. But at the same time, it's pretty safe. You know, it's got like action set pieces that are over the top. It even it's, has- like, it's like the Wolverine yeah. in its PG-13 version. And Bill, it even has stay for the credits kind of stuff like oh nice nice and everyone got up and left at the credits and we stayed there because you know we there were like six of us left in the theater yeah 
And even the kids in front of us. Uh, they got up. They got said, up and turned around and said something to us. He was like, they never learn. They, you know, don't they know in this day and age you don't get up? <laughs> so there was a little thing during the credits. So it kind of, that felt Marvel movie-ish. You know, I know yeah. Marvel didn't start that, but they certainly do it with every movie now. But uh, I'm going to say it, it's a, it was fun. And Arnold totally makes the film. You know, uh, you know. I love Jay Courtney. Is it Jai Courtney or Jay Courtney? Jai Courtney. Jai Courtney. Loved him in Spartacus. You know, uh, everything else he's made since then, haven't really cared. John, John McClane's son. I hate that movie so much. The, oh, I don't know if it's his fault. He's also in the Diver, Divergent series. Yeah, Divergent. I mean, he's He's a Divergent friend. But he's, I'm going to go ahead and lump him with Sam Worthington. Nothing wrong with the guys. There's nothing great about nothing him either. But. I'm he's no Andy Woodfield. He's no Michael Bean either. And wow. Yeah, wow. Realize how Michael Bean was really great in the first Terminator. He was. He's a great actor. He is. He does he, he does he does a really good job with stuff. He totally sells everything. Terminator uh Genesis very jokey and quippy with Sarah Connor. She's like, "I'm supposed to fall in love with this guy." They're bantering. Uh, Arnold gives him a hard time through the whole thing, like a protective father. That kind of stuff's funny. Oh, and this joke cracked me up every time, where every time, like, he'll walk in the room, and there's Kyle and Sarah. <laughs> he'll walk out, and he goes, did you mate? And she goes, stop asking me that. <laughs> it is integral for you to mate. And she goes, don't bring that up again. <laughs> and then later on, he's like, did you mate? And she goes, I told you not to say that. <laughs> it's pretty funny, the whole mating thing. He's saying, you need to mate with him. <laughs> he's like pressuring her. And that part was kind of funny, you know? I like that. I, You know, if, if Natalie and I didn't have tickets tomorrow to... Uh, it's a mad, 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 mad world in 70 millimeter. I'd say we go see Terminator Genesis. I wanted you so badly to say it's a mad, 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 mad Max. It's a mad, 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 mad Max. <laughs> That's they were, what they need to do. The next Mad Max needs to be titled It's a Mad, 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 Mad Max. <laughs> All sorts of cameos of stars, old Hollywood stars and stuff. Wouldn't that be awesome? That would be that. Yeah, I'd, I'd do that. That's cool. Where are you going to go see that at? The Wexner? Uh, yeah, the Wexner Center. They're doing this uh, big picture summer where uh, they're showing some uh, uh, some like classic presentations of films. Like uh, uh, they did what, did. what did they do on Thursday? They're getting like 35 millimeter copies of stuff and then 4K restorations of like uh, um, Bridge Over the River Kwai. Uh, they have uh, The Tingler. In its original, like, Tingle Vision. Uh Like, so, uh, and then they're doing the last one. The two I'm most looking forward to is it's a Mad, 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 Mad Max in 70 millimeter. (laughs) And then in uh, August, they're showing the roadshow presentation of Tron in 70 millimeter. Sweet. Yeah, so I was, I'm super, super psyched about that. And by the way, I just wanted to tease this. Uh, Patrons of the show... They may have received, if you didn't, uh, it's available for all patrons. I did a, a special patron exclusive on Patreon. So if you're a patron, you can go listen to that. The first conversation is uh, Steven talking about his obsession with Minecraft. <laughs> and the second one is my dad and I talking a lot about James Horner in a horrible quality phone call. But still, it comes across. <laughs> Uh, Bill, my phone has an app where you can record phone conversations. I was like, hey, I'm going to try Wait, it. And then I listen that's back not to- illegal? 
Yeah, apparently not. As long as you, the other person knows it's not illegal. <laughs> so I like recorded uh, for an hour talking to my dad. And then Jason I listened. didn't get my permission. <laughs> no. oh, you were on Skype. I that oh. conversation. So I I played it back. Listened to my dad. I was like, Ugh, I don't think I'll ever be using this again. It kind of sounds like shit. But you know, I levelated it, and hopefully, it's listenable. But the reason I was uh, bringing that up is that I also recorded. A conversation with my dad after he'd just seen Terminator Genesis and we talked about that and then we start talking about Harper Lee and the sequel to uh, To Kill a Mockingbird. Oh, yeah. Um, something about a Watchman, you know. Uh, <laughs> and we get into... Oh, that's a, right, yeah. We get into a conversation about how Harper Lee's basically... Uh, she's not all there. No, she never has been. Her, um, she's almost legally blind and she's deaf and her sister was protecting her estate and her rights and her sister died. And now all of a sudden, uh, the, the wolves her, came a in. Book, a book she never wanted to release is now being published. And I was like, is that right or wrong? So my dad and I kind of talk about that too. So if you guys, maybe you guys will think that's interesting. Watchmen. But the only way you can hear that episode is if you're a patron of the show, because I'm going to start rewarding our patrons for supporting the show, and you guys will be able to check that out. And my dad and I also talk about, um, <laughs> this is so funny, I don't know how it came up, but my my dad, <laughs> I just, my dad talks about why he doesn't care for Han Solo. He basically says Han Solo is nothing but a truck driver. And if you guys want to hear that conversation, <laughs> become a patron. <laughs> that sounds um, I, danger, a dangerous conversation. Yes. I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I was like, let me make it clear. I agree with nothing you're saying, Dad. <laughs> <laughs> so listen to that. It's actually a pretty funny conversation. And he starts, uh, we start talking about Jack Reacher and all that kind of shit. So, oh, damn it. I wish I was there for that. Oh, yeah. I've got I've got plenty to say on Jack Reacher. You and my dad could do a Jack Reacher show because he's read all the books. Yeah, so have I. And uh, still, the best the best Jack Reacher book was One Shot, and they uh, they completely freaking bastardized it for the Jack Reacher film. I basically had to steer my dad back to the subject we were talking about because he could have kept going on a Jack Reacher. When I come down to Texas later this year, your dad and I will record a Jack Reacher show. <laughs> I'm just gonna I haven't record. read I'm the last the two room, Jack Reacher books, so I'll catch up on them. Yeah, did you hear me? I said, I'm going to hit record and then I'm going to go wait in the other room. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you guys I love creatures. those books, man. Yeah. They're so pulpy. And it's like, it's almost like James Bond, where the moment you start reading them, you're like, okay, who is Jack Reacher going to have sex with? Because yeah. they like they set up like red herrings through it, like oh he's totally gonna have sex with her, my and then they bring yeah. somebody else in, and it's like oh no he's gonna have sex with her. My dad says he loves whenever somebody starts to mess with Jack Reacher, like four guys, and he's like oh he's getting ready to kick their asses. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's that's multiple times in that book. There's gonna yeah. be a beat down. Yeah, any of them, and it's uh, they're fun books. Except there's a couple that are really awful. There was one where it was like a town that had a uh, Brad Wesley type of guy who was also the local preacher, <laughs> and uh, he was uh, I can't even remember. Was it weapons of mass destruction that he was uh, like trying to 
build or, or keep in, in this town. And it was just, it was, there's a couple of them that are like, okay, what the hell was Lee Child smoking and yeah. or drinking when he wrote this? Because it's awful. Uh, but yeah, you can't win them was, all. <laughs> well, whenever you write what, I think there's like 23 Jack Reacher books now. I, I've read, I think, 19 of them or 20 of them. You, they can't all be winners. Yeah, yeah, that's a lot of books. I mean, he even had one of them that was like the Michigan, kind of like the crazy Michigan militia group that wants to start their own state. And uh, someone, someone like a senator's daughter is kidnapped, and then Jack Reacher tries to infiltrate, and they figure him out. And then it's Jack Reacher versus this like independent nation of weirdos. And that was also that was also one of the awful one cyborg ones. or something. Then it'll be okay, right? Yeah, exactly. Introduce in like a space invasion. It would be great. <laughs> okay, you guys want to see? It just came online. The Ash versus the Evil Dead trailer for Stars. At least listen to it. You guys want to check it out? I can watch it. What do you say, yeah, Bill? Yeah, I'll listen to it. Let's check this out. My uncle is a shaman. When I was a kid, he would say, evil is always waiting in the shadows. And only one man would rise to stand against it. <laughs> yeah. Looking good. Uh-huh. Looking sweet. Uh-huh. <laughs> what the hell? Pablo, I'm gonna tell you something I've never told anyone. Thirty years ago, my friends and I spent the night at a cabin. We found the Necronomicon Ex Mortis, the Book of the Dead. Certain passages were recited. It awoke something in the woods. Something evil. I was the only one to escape. But now, the evil has found me. First thing I gotta do is see a guy about a book. There must be some spell I can say to undo all this. The other first thing I gotta do is some cardio, because my heart is jackhammering like a quarterback on prom night. <laughs> Here's the plan. We bust in there, fight through the carnage, let the boomstick do the talking, things get hairy, use your bottle. Um, I don't think it's a very good weapon, Hefe. You had to stab like 50 times. He's sharpening it for you. Now, come on. You ready? I'm ready. Let's tango, bitch. Fuck. Who the hell are you? I'm your new best friend. Yo, Granny. Let's go. 
I'm not a grief counselor, but if it's any consolation. You're kind of like a young me. That ice ruined your life and you're hot as hell. You know they were Jewish, right? I, I did not. Wish you could have said something before I made those dumb crosses, but... <laughs> okay. Oh man, it looks it looks good, doesn't it? it? Look, it looks very silly. I found the trailer and was going through it while you guys were watching it. It looks like a lot of fun. Like I said before, like the only thing I was a little disappointed in is that it's a thirty-minute show. It's yeah. half an hour. Oh, really? That's it? Yeah, but maybe it'll be really funny thirty minutes. You know, I don't know. Entertaining thirty like minutes. Like we were talking, I, I just like, wanted to be an hour long. They're drama. they're testing it to see if it's a go. I do like the idea of a 60-plus Ash yeah. who uh, is completely out of his element now and just a cynical old shit. I love it. He's got a girdle, and he even has dentures. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> it, it's hilarious. And remember, the only thing Ash seems he's a, an F-up about everything, he's a jackass. But the only thing he's good at is... He's good at killing uh, deadites. deadites, and uh, that's what he's good at, but he's... Uh, Loud, arrogant <laughs> asshole. <laughs> He's got one skill, but that's awesome. I, that trailer excites me. I, I don't. That's have just. Stars. It's just pillow talk. That trailer. <laughs> yeah. Yo, Granny, let's go. Love Ash. She's a great character. I can't wait to watch that. That's going to be fun, and I'll have to get the stars. I was telling Heather, I was like, you know, we're getting stars when that airs. We can cancel it when the season ends, but I've got to watch it as it airs every night, you know. Um, I also wanted to, I watched the first two episodes of a new show on USA. I wasn't sure what to think of it, and I wasn't even sure I wanted to watch it. Mr. Robot? Mr. Robot is a really good show. I've, I've been recording it. I haven't. I'm not even sure it should be on the USA Network. <laughs> it is so well done. Just watch the first 30 minutes, Bill. You will be. It's funny. In. They were shooting that show in the neighborhood that uh, Natalie and my friends uh, Sarah and Jason live in in Brooklyn Heights in New York. Awesome. Uh, there were signs up all over like the street was going to be closed. Uh, for Mr. Robot, and I was like, what the hell is Mr. Robot? Yeah, it's a weird title, but man, I was not prepared for how good the show is. And even the way the show begins, it the way it's done is very cinematic, like a film. You could tell the person's probably really into Kubrick or something, but visually the show is excellent. It's like nothing I've seen on cable TV like USA, certainly, not USA, but just watch it. It's really good. Just need the first episode. It's on Hulu. Um, just give it a try. And I'm trying yeah, to, awesome. I was trying to get my dad to watch it. He's like, Mr. Robot. I go, I know. Just turn off your brain and just watch it, okay? <laughs> the same thing about, you know, I wanted him to watch John Wick. And he goes, what is it? What's it about? It's like none of that matters. Just start. Watching. Yeah, that's really one of those movies. Just go. It's it's the new Death Wish. It stars Keanu Reeves. Oh, Keanu Reeves. Yeah, somebody kills his dog and then he kills. He gets revenge. It's like steals his car and kills his dog. Yeah. It's like no. Just watch the movie. If you trust me, just watch it. So if you guys trust me, watch Mister Robot. Oh, I've watched. I, the, I trust I've you. I watched one episode. You like the first oh, yeah. episode? Mm-hmm. Yeah, my dad says it's excellent, and uh, he he also really likes uh, complications. 
mm-hmm. that's on USA with uh, yeah with the dude from um, Jason O'Mara. Jason O'Mara. You know what's interesting about in that uh, patrons only show, my dad and I talk about something a device that's in books, but it's also in movies. It's called unreliable narrator. You know. Yes. Yeah. And I'm going to say that. At work in Mr. Robot is definitely unreliable narrator. Am I right? Mm-hmm. Like, is this guy, what? Do sh- can I trust this guy? And I actually really like that form of storytelling. Yeah, it's fun. Yeah. And so Mr. Robot excites me. I've watched the first two and the, the it recorded last night, I think, the most recent, or Wednesday. And I've been trying to watch it, but um, whatever. You guys don't care. But, um... Conan has been at Comic Con. Mm-hmm. All he he's been there since Wednesday. He's doing a Friday night show tonight, which I'm excited. Wow! About. He's even doing a show tomorrow, tomorrow, a Saturday night show, and tonight he's going to have the cast of Walking Dead and Game of Thrones. Right. And tomorrow he's going to have a mystery cast, and I'm thinking Star Wars cast, huh? What do you guys think? It could be. Harrison Ford's been on Conan many times, and it can't be hard to get Mark Hamill on the show. Come on. Speaking of, you know, on Facebook, I just messaged you the uh, the reel they showed for Star Wars: The Force Awakens. They showed a reel. Yep, a three minute and forty two second reel. Are we gonna have to watch it? Yep. Oh, it's like of sets from the movie. I think it's more than that. So far, it's showing sets and stuff. Awesome. Star Wars stuff again makes me so giddy. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Deserts and TIE fighters. Crash space. Real sets. Practical effects. You've been here, but you don't know this story. Nothing's changed, really. I mean, everything's changed, but nothing's changed. That's the way you want <laughs> it to be, really. To see the way the technology has evolved, and yet keeping one foot in the pre-digital world. It couldn't be more exciting. It's still surreal. We are here on day one of Star Wars Episode 7. Yeah, yeah. How incredible is that? I can die now. My whole life has led to this moment. I'm in heaven. I think we've worn the suit out probably quicker than we expected because every time you meet someone, they just want to hug you. Getting back to the old days, the old ways of doing things. JJ's trying to make sure these movies have a physicality to them. We truly are out in a desert, a real desert. Star Wars. I burned the Star Wars. <laughs> and I'm just going to bring this character to life. You don't get to build an X-Wing every day or a Millennium Falcon. Every day I come to work smiling. Energy and action. Oh my gosh. You have to pause, take a breath, slow down, and really not freak out. 
in the same room as all these legends and with all these new people who I'm sure are going to be legends themselves. <laughs> you know, it's being done with such love and such enthusiasm from everybody and I think that you'll be able to feel that coming off the screen. It means so much to so many people. Well, you just know what it's going to be like in the cinema. Star Wars is an important part of everyone's history. It's a beautiful thing to actually be involved in it. Oh, I'm so ready. Oh, my God. It's awesome. <sighs> and I just need to... Good stuff. Wow. Thanks for sending that link, Bill. Yeah, all the practical effects are just freaking stunning. That is so exciting, man. So cool. Can I just let out a... Awesome! Yeah. <laughs> I get so emotional every time I watch something that they they let you know they let they let us see, but they don't give too much. Yeah, like yeah. just enough to get your heart like fluttering. Yeah, it's all behind the scenes stuff. No actual film footage, mm-hmm. like just them filming stuff in the film. Pretty cool, man. Okay, guys, we have two voicemails. Let's go ahead and play those. These aren't labeled or anything. I think this first one is Ken Proventure. So nice. let's check it out. Hey, guys, this is Ken calling from Tokyo. And uh, I hope this comes uh, to you on time. I think uh, I might be a little late with this voicemail. I think it's about 8.30 p.m. your time. Right on So time. I hope this gets through. But if not, well, maybe next time. So uh, thanks for putting up with my what seemed like a delayed reaction to Mad Max Fury Road. Last time. (laughs) That's just because it took a while to get here to Japan to premiere. And, you know, this week, uh, sorry, last weekend, the big premiere in Japan was The Avengers Age of Ultron. Oh my god. uh, Which I have not seen yet, but. It's like uh, old news now. Yeah, it takes a while for things to get over here. Next week is the premiere of The Godfather. You know, so that's that's why um, that's why it's best to be in the states to see uh, to see things like that. Yeah. Now, Terminator Genesis is opening this weekend. Uh, I haven't I haven't seen it yet, but I'm not sure I want to. So you guys tell me uh, if it's worth if it's worth the bother. There is a new Ghost in the Shell animation movie. Oh out wow! That I'll probably check out first. Love and the first one. It seems like that sort of thing. Uh, they do better in Japan than in the in the U.S. Uh, anyway, so the Han Solo movie sounds really cool. Uh, I kind of wish they would do more of that, and maybe they'll base it on some novels that came out. Uh, I think you guys talked about those novels before, like Han Solo's Revenge, uh, all these like cool spin-off books. I wish they would do an adaptation of uh, Splinter in a Mind's Eye. Is that what it's called? Splinter in a Mind's Eye uh, by... Mm-hmm. Uh, who's the author? The one with the um, Kyber Crystal? Alan Dean Foster, I think, is the yeah. author. And this novel was so cool. And it, it had a, a great scene at the end where you actually have 
Princess Leia in a lightsaber battle with Darth Vader. And this was before, uh, I think it was before you realized, I think it was before Return of the Jedi, so it was before they established that Leia and Luke were brother and sister. And But it was just this really cool, like, almost alternate universe uh, thing where, you know, Luke tries to fight Darth Vader and not doing too well, and then Leia takes the lightsaber and, and basically gets gets owned by by Darth Vader. Darth Vader does not lose that that battle. Anyway. Um, Sounds awesome. It's uh, great to... Oh, I have a scoop for you guys. I don't know if you really care about Japanese animation or, or Studio Ghibli or any of their movies, uh, Hayao Miyazaki. Absolutely. Anyway, so they had a, the producer at Studio Ghibli came to our university yesterday to talk about you know, awesome. Studio Ghibli and Hayao Miyazaki and all that. And he, he dropped... Well, there, there was one big bomb, but for me there were two bombs. Uh, the one big bomb that, that now is kind of leaking out is that uh, Hayao Miyazaki, who's supposed to be retired, yeah, uh, he's actually producing a short animation just for his museum... So you have to actually come to Japan to to watch this thing. But the, mm-hmm. the the amazing thing about it is that it's a 3D animation. So Hayao Miyazaki is now producing his first ever 3D animation. It'll be like a 10-minute short or something like that, which I guess is big. I mean, this is like uh, you know, he's been on he's been on record saying he will never do 3D. He doesn't know how to do it. He thinks it's it's not even proper animation style or whatever um but he's he's doing it and so now this is a big deal for, for me the other big bomb was when this producer uh, toshio suzuki started talking about steven spielberg and talking about how spielberg was such an influence on studio ghibli he even he even said at one point that et was kind of the the birth the kind of the birthplace or the inspiration for Studio Ghibli, uh, the kinds of movies they wanted to make just in animation, which to me is kind of amazing to hear. And I, and I looked up afterwards, I went on the net and looked up, has he said this before, you know, and I couldn't find anywhere else where he actually said this, that, uh, that Spielberg was such, was, was almost responsible for, you know, Studio Ghibli coming into, into being. Um, that's kind of weird to think about actually, but anyway, uh, hope you guys are doing well, and uh, I will try to catch up with Terminator. But let me know what what you think, uh, please, and uh, I'll I'll talk to you guys hey, later. Well, Take care. I'll let you know. Bye. <laughs> Thank be, you so be much. Be careful Ken. listening, because uh, yeah. And Ken <laughs> is a patron, so he could also hear what my dad thinks of uh, Terminator Genesis. But there you go. Thank you so much, Ken. That's really cool. That is. Okay, we have another voicemail, this one from Adam, Adam Sexton. Let's check it out. Hello, Entertainment Landfill crew. Adam Sexton here sending you some voicemail, uh, some feedback. Uh, Sorry that I wasn't able to send uh, any feedback uh, for your last episode. I had an accident with my phone while trying to finish work. It was a heavy rainfall. 
uh, in my area. The phone somehow, uh, I had it in one of those little carrying cases that attaches to your belt, and the Velcro gave way. The phone came out of my uh, carrying case, and I didn't even know about it until it was too late, so it was oh. water damaged and uh, couldn't send a voicemail then. Did I have got myself another smartphone in the meantime, which will hold me over. Uh, but uh, anyway, uh, wanted to send the voicemail, but couldn't. Uh, but you did a great job on the last epi- uh, episode, uh, Twitching. And uh, uh, thank you for your hard work, as always. Uh, la- uh, two weekends ago, which is that same weekend where I, I uh, lost my phone or got it permanently damaged, I uh, saw the Rolling Stones with my brother and two friends at the Arrowhead Stadium in uh, Kansas City. And it was a fantastic show. Uh, this was a band I've always wanted to see, and uh, they played all the hits. Uh, aside from Painted Black and Let's Spend the Night Together, they mostly hit all of the really popular ones, and certain highlights were like Midnight Rambler, which I think the version they played was my is my favorite so far. Miss You was great. Wild Horses was great. You Can't Always Get What You Want was fantastic. And these guys are all in their Especially 70s, but... They're still fantastic musicians. Uh, Mick Jagger is still a great showman. He really knows how to work the audience. So, if uh, you're if you have an opportunity to see them, see them because uh, I hate to play the old. Well, they're going to die one day, card, but they're going to die one day. So, uh, so I could recommend that. I'm sorry, I don't know. On July the fourth weekend, I had a delightful weekend despite spending half of it trying to get my truck fixed. Uh, but I did eventually go, didn't eventually have fun, and I went and seen uh, Jurassic World in 3D with my mom and my sister and one of my aunts. And uh, it was a great thrill ride. I, I liked it uh, better than I, th- I thought it was better than I thought it would be. It did lack the heart and wonder of the first film, but I guess that's only going to happen if uh, Steven Spielberg is directing it. And. Uh, I guess the only big letdown was there were certain subplots that didn't seem to work out, like the whole uh, engine takeover conspiracy that was led by the Vincent D'Onofrio character. Just didn't seem, uh, just didn't seem like it had a good enough payoff uh, to equal its setup. The Indominus Rex monster was very lackluster. Uh, I just thought it looked ugly, and it just didn't generate, you know, the terror and excitement that the T-Rex did in that first movie. Uh, I thought Chris Pratt did a good job. He basically does what I consider to be this decent alpha male macho asshole type role. But, I mean, face it, he's not uh, Quint from Jaws, So, but, you know, who is? Uh, as far as gaming, I've uh, been playing mostly Dragon Age Inquisition on the PS4. I restarted it about two or three weeks ago, and is a uh, representative of the time suck genre. Uh, it, it's my favorite because you play Dragon Age in- Inquisition and just watch the hours just slowly uh, go by, but it's... It's a brilliant game. It's got like one of these fantastic worlds that's not uh, unlike Skyrim. And while it took it, basically like the first two hours is kind of uh, kind of like a tutorial uh, part of the game to get you used to the mechanics in the world. And I know nothing about the mythology itself. And but 
but apparently you don't need to have played the previous games to get into this one. So I, I've been putting in roughly maybe two or three hours a night when I could into into the game, and it's it's just something. It, it was a worthwhile purchase, and it will hold me over until I can afford to get uh, Batman Arkham Knight, which I'm kind of sick of people telling me how great it is at this point. <laughs> but I'm glad that that they think it's good and all. Yeah. Uh, your discussion on Inside Out in the previous episode is sold me, so I will definitely be uh, seeing it this weekend. Uh, I really love the E3 discussion episode. I don't recall if I've sent you feedback on this or not, but uh, I did love all the discussion points. Uh, I thought Emma was delightful. And I loved how you and the times that you and Bill uh, would accidentally curse in front of her and you you would apologize. And she would just wave it off like apparently she's used to living around uh, people with, uh, you know, potty mouths or whatever. I almost (laughs) expected uh, Captain America to show up and just say language. But uh, anyway, uh, that's enough for me because I'm running out of time and I need to send you in this voicemail. I, uh, I've got lots to catch up on this weekend. I need to get started on True Detective Season 2. I need to get caught up on Hannibal. And I need to continue watching Season 2 of uh, Fringe. Uh, I'm about four or five episodes in and I, and I still love it. And uh, I'm looking forward, uh, Jason, to uh, seeing or listening to any more of your uh, Chuck episode recap. So uh, I'm hoping that's going to be coming in the future. Uh, You've mentioned in your show announcement, Jason, that Terminator Genesis might be the subject of discussion. But I'm really hoping that none of you poor guys actually went and seen it because uh, the word of mouth on that is horrible. Apparently, James Cameron's uh, sign, uh, sign of approval just doesn't really matter for much. Just wait till you... But uh, anyway, uh, you guys have a really wonderful show, have a really wonderful weekend, and I look forward to hearing your episode when I can. I've got another late, long work night, so take care and uh, have fun. Bye. Thank you so much, Adam. And you know what? If you were going to talk about all the Terminator films made, okay... Bill, yes. you were to say, okay, there's Terminator, Terminator 2, Terminator 3, Rise of the Machines, Terminator Salvation, Terminator Genesis. Throw out those other two, Terminator Genesis could go right behind those. And uh, I would two. say of the non-James Cameron Terminator films, this one was the best one right. out of Good. the three. So it's not as god-awful as you might believe, you know. There's, There's things that work. We've people, already talked about that, so I'm going to get back into it. But, uh, uh, Bill, I downloaded Rocket League. Yes. And I played the training part to learn <laughs> how to drive the car and hit the ball and stuff. It's basically a soccer game where you drive a car and hit the ball with your car. And you can do jumps and boosts and stuff. And it's completely ridiculous. Isn't yeah, it? it looks so stupid, but I just want to play it. It, the graphics the are nice one. and crisp. It's for the uh, on PS4, oh. and um, you play competitively with other players. Now, I have not done that yet. I just did the training because I wanted to then dive into it. But I realized, Jason, if you start playing this, you're not going to get anything done. So yeah. I'll save that for later. Another thing that I have been doing is been twitching quite a bit, although I haven't. This you week. should go to the doctor. Yes, I've been twitching quite a bit. And I would like to do some more of that, and I probably will. 
but uh, I just haven't been able to. Another thing I've been doing is San Diego Comic-Cons this week. I've been watching the Nerd HQ panels. That's one thing, like, if you go to uh, the Comic-Con and you go to the panels, the only way you're going to see them is if you're there or Mm -hmm. read a recap of them, Mm -hmm. right? But uh, Zachary Levi, he does the Nerd HQ outside of Comic-Con. He streams all of his panels online where you can watch them, where you can watch, like, I watched the Nathan Fillion, Alan Tudyk talking about Con Man, his Kickstarter thing. Oh, nice. Remember he did that? It was really funny. Uh, he he did. It wasn't just them two. They had, like, a whole cast of people. Nolan North was there. He's nice. in it. Uh, Trisha Helfer and Nolan North stole the whole panel. That dude is hilarious. He did the most hilarious uh, Christopher Walken I've ever heard. Oh yeah, he does a great walking. He's like, I heard you do walking. He goes, Do I? You know, he just the way yeah. he did the whole thing. He talked about I was once shot in the asshole. <laughs> <It's> just, <laughs> his whole story is so ridiculous, but he did it perfectly as walking, and you can just tell the guy's so super talented. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, that's what's funny. A lot of those voice guys are super talented, but they don't get to act, act as their real selves. And uh, he gets to in Con Man. But I saw, you know, several of these um, panels and they were a lot of fun. And I think it's cool he does that. And I also watched a live demo where they played uh, Battlefield, Star Wars Battlefield. Oh, nice. Yeah. And I was just jealous the whole time. And apparently you can unlock basically there's power-ups you pick up that are timed in it like a rocket launcher or whatever you can unlock like somebody in the match will get luke skywalker and someone will get darth vader that's how okay so it's like one of those things where uh, i know like call of duty has those where you make so many kills and then you get like this superpower for a, a period of time yeah basically it's like that so okay. on all the different maps, there will be, I guess, a different Star Wars character. That's what he didn't say that. I'm just interpreting that. You know, yeah, I could be full of shit. You know, <laughs> that's entirely possible. But then, <laughs> yes, it is. But thank you so much, Ken, and thank you so much, Adam, for those voicemails. Awesome. And I had a great time doing the show tonight. And Bill, I don't know if you wanted to do DVDs or what. Sure. Yeah, we could do some DVDs. Why don't Might as well some... end it with that. Yeah, we'll uh, do some DVDs, and then we'll wrap up the show. How's that? Yeah. Okay. Let me just find the old uh, DVD theme song. All right. You guys ready for this? Right on. Let's do Let's some do DVDs. Some DVDs, everyone. Mitasa Chopasa. Yes, indeed. All right, Bill. What do we have in the DVDs? All right, DVDs for July fourteenth, two thousand fifteen. Starting with uh, Adventure Time, the complete fifth season on Blu-ray. All right, Adventure Time. My daughter absolutely loves Adventure Time, Bill. Yeah, and it's a great still, show. She still has that fin hat. That came with the the DVD you sent her that one time. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I think I actually bought that while I was down there. Like, one of the times I was down yeah. there, 
uh, they had it on sale. I got it for like nine bucks. And I was like, oh, it's not a job. It's an adventure. You know, my favorite adventure time ever is when, uh, oh, God, 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 it's Finn and Jake. Jake is the dog. He mm-hmm. just wants to be alone, and he's a brick in a wall on a house. And he thinks he's all alone, but he's actually being broadcasted by Finn. And he's like, oh, wow, the nature is so beautiful. These beautiful birds. And he's he starts broadcasting it over the land. And people are listening to him describe nature as if it's like an NPR show. And it, it shows people in their different villages and houses listening to him describe everything. It is so funny. The show is so bizarre, but I love that episode. Yeah, it's a great show. Uh, next, we have Shout Factory releasing the uncut edition of All Quiet on the Western Front. Ah. Uh, it's the 156-minute version, uh, which is... Oh, it's so quiet. You can yeah. I, there's something wrong there. <laughs> never, never trust something that quiet. Uh, next, we have the Criterion Collection of the Black Stallion on Blu-ray and DVD. Oh, nice. It's about a horse, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> a, ship, a shipwreck horse. Uh, yeah. A wild, a wild stallion. Uh, next, we have uh, Kino Lorber releasing uh, Blown Away on Blu-ray, the, uh, the Jeff Bridges, Tommy Lee Jones uh-huh. uh, 1994 film. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Pretty much. Uh, then we have Ex Machina. The uh, got a lot of really good word of mouth um, with uh, Domino Gleason and uh, the his uh, Star Wars co-star. Um, oh yeah, uh, Oscar Isaac. Domino and Domino. Uh, Deus Ex Machina. Or as I like to call it, X Machina. X Machina. X Machina. You know the worst part of that movie is at the very end when the guy's about to get killed, chick saves him at the last minute, shoots a bad guy. I've never seen the film. Yeah, neither have I. I don't know. Uh, Twilight Time is at it again. They're releasing a limited to three thousand copies of the Fabulous Baker Boys on Blu-ray. The name of the movie is London Twilight. Not a huge fan of that film, but I know it has its fans. Okay. Um, next, we have The Howling 2, Your Sister is a Werewolf. Oh, my God. On Blu-ray. My Sister's a Werewolf? Or yeah, the, in the movie? No, in the movie. Not oh. Your Sister. Oh, okay. Just your sister it. could be a werewolf. You don't know. It's true. Yeah. Then you'd have to figure out which one. And that's a whole process. Uh, Next, we have It Follows on Blu-ray. Uh, what is this? Oh, I've heard about this. It's a horror film that got uh, a lot of really good reviews, an indie horror film. Um, I know next to nothing about it, but I wanted to go see it. So I'll have to uh, rent it and check it out. Uh, next, we have uh, Life Stinks on Blu-ray. The Mel Brooks 1991 film. Oh, I heard that that... Um Stinks? <laughs> yeah. Damn it! Not, not his best stinks. effort. Uh, he's he's done uh, he's done better films. Uh, and speaking of another stinks. stinks film, uh, Paul Blart Mall Cop Two. Oh Jesus! 
Yeah. That was just out in the theaters. Yeah, well, I guess they want to push it out on the home video so that they can make more money. Uh, Here's another Twilight Time release. This one I I saw so many times as a kid because it was one of my dad's favorite movies. Uh, Places in the Heart. Oh. Uh, yeah, with Sally Field and uh, Ed Harris, Amy Madigan, John Malkovich. That's one of those movies as a kid I would see it was on and I'd be like, no. Oh, it's it's re- it's a tough film to watch. Oh, you're but, breaking my heart. But it's beautiful. Um, I don't know why my dad was always obsessed with such depressing films. Uh, next we have Powers, the PlayStation Network show season one on Blu-ray. Oh, yeah, I never saw that. I guess I can watch it now that I'm in the PlayStation whatever plus thing. Yeah, I uh, I started watching it. I watched the first episode and never continued it. I think it was because I just couldn't get past Charto Copley's uh, American accent. I was like, I don't even know what that is, but it's bothering me. Oh, by the way, the uh, feed is about to uh, cut us off, but I will restart it immediately for the three people that are listening. Just so you guys <laughs> know, it'll, it'll end, and you'll go, hey, what happened to the sound? And it'll start right back up, so you don't have to do anything. All right. Uh, next we have uh, from Kino Lorber, Real Men, the 1987 film with James Belushi and John Ritter. Awesome. Yeah, I don't. Men I don't, walking I, around, right? Barely remember it, but I do remember like seeing one of those fellas who's attracted to other men. Oh my gosh! And the release of the week: X Men: Days of Future Past, the Rogue Cut. Aha! The yeah, Rogue this, Cut. This is the seventeen-minute longer version. Uh, where they eliminated the subplot with Rogue, so... Wolverine, snickety, snickety, snowing. I'm actually really looking forward to seeing it. I enjoyed that X-Men. Yeah, it was good. I liked it. Yep, so uh, those are the Blu-ray and DVD releases for the week. All right, well, thank you so much, Bill. Maybe we don't need to start another feed. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we have two minutes and 36 seconds to end the show. Bill, thank you so much for doing the DVDs. Steven, uh, thank you for being here. It was great talking to you guys about all this stuff and uh, all that kind of stuff. So (laughs) let me wrap this up. All right, guys, that was our show. Thank you so much for listening. That was ETL Daily, episode 19. Thank you so much for listening. And again, if you're a patron, you're going to get lots of cool, exclusive things. If you guys want to be a patron, too, go to patreon.com slash landfill. Also, check out our site at nimpodcast.blogspot.com. You can also join our fan club on Facebook. Not to mention, send us a voicemail at 1206-309-4729 or send us an email or voicemail in an email attachment, Bill. You can do that these days at mpodcast at gmail.com. Thank you guys so much for listening. Thanks for supporting the show. Can't wait to do more shows and talk about all the cool other things that got unveiled this week and next week. There's news every day on the things we love. Video games, TV, movies. pop culture, movies, all sorts of stuff. I can't wait to see Ant-Man. Mm-hmm. Am That's right, Bill? Oh, yeah. See it? Yeah, I'll we'll go some... see it Thursday night. Drew McWeenie liked it, and he has a really cool review. Non-spoilery spoilery review. 
Nice. <laughs> Did I say that word right? Spoilery? Spoilery. It's good enough. Yeah, close enough. Spoilerish. Yes, spoilerish, non-spoilery. No, that, that works for me. Yeah. <laughs> One minute remaining, guys. This is so scary. It's got a red countdown. It's, uh, uh, it's like Defcon. Uh. Oh my God, <laughs> Mel! I don't know what to do. Would you like to play a game? <laughs> Thanks, guys, for listening. Bill, thank you so much, and yep. we'll uh, we'll reconvene next time. What do you guys wait for? Get out there and do stuff. Wee! Bye, Stephen. Bye, Bill. Bye. Bye. Hey. Bye. Um, now it's awkward because we still have 30 seconds. Oh, <laughs> damn it. Uh, he rushed it. All right, guys. Later. Chill out. Now this is podcasting.